have you ever just <laughs> had enough? I mean, you know the feeling, right? Deep, uh, empty feeling deep inside of you. You know, you know you've done everything right. I mean, you followed the book, but still, there's this, there's this uh, unrelenting uh, hollow space uh, deep in, inside your soul. I gotta imagine a crowd this size that uh, some of you have stood in that same place that I once stood. <laughs> so I'm here to tell you my story, a story of uh, unlikely, um, unbelievable uh, um, experience encountering the one and only Christ. Uh, <laughs> I know. Um, uh, I guess I, I suppose I, I should be used to it by now. I mean, after telling my story uh, so many different places, so many different times. Um, yet I, I still feel embarrassed by, a little bit by all the attention. I mean, I know it was a remarkable thing that happened to me, a, a privilege, really. Um, but I still um, uh, feel ashamed. I mean, I, I can take no credit. <laughs> I mean, I, in fact, truth be told, I, I resented it. I, I resisted it at first. I didn't want anything to do with it. I just thought I was in the wrong place at the wrong time. <laughs> now I know different. I, I know now that it was God that put me on that road <laughs> at that specific time. I mean, if it hadn't been for that... Uh, seemingly random encounter. I would never have carried the cross of Christ. Uh, my story, I, I, I got to believe, is all like, uh, like yours. Uh, my name is Simon. Um, uh, you know, I, I was, uh, by birth, I am, I'm a Jew, I, born in Judea. Early on, though, my family, we, we moved to uh, Cyrene in, in northern Africa. There I was raised in the Jewish community. And my family, I'm guessing a lot like yours, is a religiously devout family. Um, every Sabbath we would be at the synagogue. At the age of 12, my father started teaching me the Torah. Um, you know, we, we followed and practiced the, the holy days. Uh, and I, I got to believe that... Uh, like a lot of boys my age, I, <laughs> um, you know, I, I dreamed of one day being able to celebrate Passover in Jerusalem. I, I grew up, met a, a beautiful young woman. We got married. I had two sons, uh, Rufus and Alexander. I made a, a good living and provided for my family. It was well thought of in my community. But it was about my middle age years that I became increasingly dissatisfied with my life, particularly my religion. My, my beliefs and, and practices, sure, they, they um, provided for me uh, an anchor, you know, to my life. Uh, they provided a, a social group, uh, a structure to my life. But yet, they, they didn't seem to satisfy my, my deep longing um, 
for, for joy, for peace, uh, for the nearness of God. <laughs> I, I continue to uh, follow the law and the customs of my people, but increasingly, they held less and less meaning for me. Take, for example, Passover. <laughs> Passover, it's the celebration of the greatest event in my people's history, um, our deliverance from, from Egypt. <laughs> uh, I mean, you know the story, right? How Pharaoh continued to harden his heart time after time after, after time. Wouldn't allow Hebrew people to, to go free. And so God sent the angel of death uh, to take the life of the firstborn male of every household. Uh, but he made a provision uh, for us Israelites. He, he told us to slaughter a lamb and then take the blood of that lamb and put it on the door frames of our houses. Uh, on the uh, outside of the door frames, along the side, and also on top. And then as that angel of death would pass through the land, he would pass over those households with blood on their door frames. <laughs> After that, Pharaoh relented. Let my people go free. Since then, we have been celebrating Passover for thousands of years with, uh, uh, with feasts and, 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 and ceremonies. Every Jewish household would sacrifice a lamb. Hmm. But <laughs> my soul increasingly was, was dissatisfied with that tradition. Have you ever discovered that with, with, with your traditions? It was about five years ago or so. I, uh, my business took me up to Jerusalem. <laughs> I happened to be there over the Passover feast. I mean, I got to tell you, I, I was excited. I was truly excited to, to be there. I, I figured that I was going to make this more than just a, a business trip. I would be in the holy city at the holiest time of the year. I, I figured that if I didn't discover uh, what I was missing in my religion, <laughs> I thought then I might just give it all up. I don't have family in Jerusalem. But, uh, when I got there, there were some uh, Cyrenian friends that uh, were there for the feast. I mean, it was a thrill. It really was. Uh, to uh, go to the temple with thousands of pilgrims and to worship there and to, to watch our sacrifices being offered and the smoke rising to the heavens. <laughs> ah, the words of the priests, they were familiar comforting. I mean, it was a beautiful ceremony. I mean, it, it really was. <laughs> but I got to be honest with you, it, it did nothing for me. Here I was in the temple at the holiest time of the year, and yet I felt no closer to God. You see, that was my problem. I wanted more than just religion. I, I, I wanted God. I mean, I wanted to know God. I mean, Abraham and Sarah, Isaac, Rebecca, I mean, they knew God. <laughs> Moses, I mean, 
He, he talked to God out there in the desert in that burning bush. David, I mean, think about David. David walked with God through those green pastures, even through the valley of the shadow of death. I'm, that's what I wanted. I wanted God. I wanted to, to, to know God. I, I wanted to be able to walk with God. I wanted to be able to talk with God. And, and if I couldn't find him there in Jerusalem on Passover, then when? I mean, where? As it was, my business took me out of the city for a couple of days. I had made arrangements to make sure I was back in time for the end of the feast. Uh, Negotiations. (laughs) It took longer than usual. I mean, they always do, right? And so I found myself scrambling back to the city just on the eve of that Sabbath. I came over a hill just outside of Jerusalem and I saw something on the side of the road that just kind of, I mean, it sent shivers down my spine. <laughs> there on the side of the road were some Roman soldiers. They were digging holes, laying out timber, rope, piles of spikes. <laughs> it was a hill that the locals called Golgotha, place of the skull. And I knew they were preparing it for a crucifixion. (laughs) I can tell you, I I didn't want anything to do with any crucifixion, not on that day. And so I picked up my pace and I just rounded a corner. As I rounded that corner, I ran into a a small group band of Roman soldiers followed by a small group of wailing mourners. And I realized these were the criminals going to their own crucifixion. On that day, there were three of them. I got to the side of the road as, as far as I could be away from them, just to try to slip on by. And as I was coming up to the first two, I recognized that they were thieves, evidently. I mean, they were cursing their crosses, and they were, uh, the soldiers were prodding them on. I didn't know who I despised more, <laughs> you know? I didn't, uh, the, the criminals or, or, the, or the soldiers, the third man was falling further and further behind. Now, you understand what happens at a crucifixion, right? I mean, the, the, the condemned criminal has to carry their own cross beam. <laughs> they have to carry their own cross beam on which they are going to be crucified. As I came up to this third individual, I, I saw that sign that that Roman soldier was carrying. It said, this is Jesus, king of the Jews. (laughs) Jesus. I I had heard that name before. I had heard that name when when I was in in Jerusalem. Uh, I remember some said that uh, this Jesus was a a rabbi, but not just an ordinary rabbi. No, he was a rabbi that did signs and wonders. Others claimed that he was uh, a prophet. I mean, he was quite popular with the, the common people, but the religious establishment, <laughs> they didn't like him much. Was this that Jesus? <laughs> and, and why would the Romans want to crucify a rabbi? 
Just then, this Jesus, he, he collapsed under the weight of that cross he'd been carrying. And soldiers started kicking him and cursing at him. Um, but I could tell he had no strength to go on. I was almost by, just to, almost by him, and all of a sudden I felt the weight of a Roman soldier's sword on my shoulder. I, I got to tell you, that is a moment that every Jew dreads. I mean, you remember, we live in occupied country, right? <laughs> so any Roman soldier can force any Jewish person into their service. Um, I mean, if, if they were tired of carrying their coats, uh, they could uh, tell you to carry their coat. And, and, and you had to for one mile. I mean, that was the law. Can I tell you on that day? I wanted nothing to do with carrying any Roman soldier's coat. <laughs> so I tried to ignore that sword on my shoulder, but <laughs> he, he pressed even harder, in fact, knocked me to the ground. I, I thought, what does he want with me? What, what did I do wrong? And all of a sudden, I heard him say, you carry his cross. Oh, I couldn't believe it. The last thing I wanted was to carry this man's cross. The last thing I wanted was to have anything to do with this man or the cross or this whole scene. I mean, I was simply a, a businessman on my way to a holiday. Those Roman soldiers, they were in no mood for any excuses. So I went over, picked up that cross piece, put it on my shoulders, turn, headed towards Golgotha. A few steps in, I glanced sideways at that condemned criminal. Uh, I could tell that um, he had certainly uh, <laughs> been beaten. I, I mean, his, his robe was bloodied uh, on his back. Uh, his face was bruised, and it was, it was puffy. And, and, and his skull, there was blood from some, some injuries, uh, some damages, some puncture wounds on his, on his skull. As I struggled under the weight of that, of that cross piece... <laughs> I wonder, how in the world did he have the strength to even carry it this far? We said nothing. But our eyes did meet. I figured that in his eyes, I would see anger. I would see, you know, defiance. Instead, he had the look of Gratitude. There's also this, this look of uh, certitude, as though he was uh, expecting me. And although I have to imagine he was in an extraordinary amount of pain, uh, uh, there was also this look of courage, as though he was determined that he was going to go through with this. Uh, we continued on. Um, and I thought, who was this man? And why, what had he done to, to, um, uh, to get crucified by the Romans? So we walked along. We fell into this strange rhythm, him and I, as, as though we were in this together. 
And we got to Galgatha. The soldiers were already at work on the other two men's crosses. Um, uh, the timber was laid out. The men had been thrown on their backs, their arms outstretched, their hands were being uh, nailed to that cross. And with every blow of the hammer, they screamed and cursed. Their executioners <laughs> didn't even react. They pointed me to the center spot, uh, told me to drop the cross, and I was free to go. But can I tell you... <laughs> I wasn't quite ready to leave this Jesus. Um, after carrying his cross, after walking with him and exchanging glances back and forth, I, I felt like I knew him. And it was almost like he knew me. <laughs> In a moment, they, they had him up on that cross piece, nailed to it. I, I gotta be honest, I, I don't ever remember hearing him scream out in pain or, or curse. They lifted him up, and then, and then the worst moment came. They took that cross upon which he was hanging, this Jesus, and they, and they dropped it in, in that hole in the place. And as they did, uh, I could just hear the flesh tear and the, the shoulders pop out of their sockets and the air just kind of rush out of his, out of his lungs. And from then on, he was, he was gasping for every breath. Blood poured out of his hands and feet and his face drained of its color. A crowd had begun to gather by that point in time. <laughs> I wondered what kind of sick person would come to watch this event. But then I realized they weren't there to watch. No, they were there to mock. And they weren't mocking the other two criminals on either side. No, they, they were just mocking this, this, this Jesus. I mean, they were laughing at him and they were calling down curses upon him. And I wonder, what had he done to deserve this. I mean, he wasn't like the other two criminals. I mean, they were foul-mouthed and, and nasty as their tormentors. But Jesus, this Jesus was, was calm. He, he was controlled. Huh. And then when he did speak, he said things that... Um, nobody expected to hear him say. I mean, he said things like, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. I thought, forgive them? Uh, forgive who? Forgive those Roman soldiers that were nailing him to the cross? Forgive those people that were mocking him and laughing at him? For, forgive us who were just standing by watching all this happen? And, and then I thought... Who was he <laughs> to be able to uh, call God his father? The crowd eventually left. That hill became quiet, except for the, the gasping for breath 
by the dying prisoners. Uh, and the bickering of the soldiers <laughs> as they gambled for the men's possessions. And then the strangest thing happened. I mean, it was midday, and then all of a sudden, it went dark. I, I mean, the, the sky went, went black. And then I heard Jesus say, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And I thought, I thought something, something had happened there between the two of them. Something deep, something powerful. All afternoon, I'd been staring at that sign above his head. Said, this is Jesus. Jesus. You know what that name means, right? <laughs> it means Savior. I thought, what kind of Savior is this? I mean, who is he saving hanging there on that cross? And then the second part of that sign said, King of the Jews. I thought, well, I'm a Jew. <laughs> Is he supposed to be my king? And Jesus said nothing for quite a while. And finally, I heard him say, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. And he stopped breathing and he died. I stood there for a moment longer before I turned around and started heading back towards Jerusalem. But before I got over that last hill, I turned back and I looked at, those, at, the, at that cross. And what I saw, I mean, it took my breath away. I mean, Jesus' body was, was no longer on the cross. Now, it was just the blood stains that remained. And on the outsides of that cross piece, where his hands had, had laid, where his hands had been nailed, there, there was blood. And on the upright piece, where his head had rested, uh, there was also blood. <laughs> I, 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 I couldn't believe what I was seeing. I mean, uh, on the outside and then also on the, the top, there was blood. Just like the, the blood on, on those door frames that my ancestors had put there on that very first Passover. I realized something powerful had happened on that hill that we had been passed over. Oh, death had come. God's judgment had, had, had come, but it, it had fallen only on Jesus. And I, I mean, we had been passed over. And friends, can I tell you, that was not some religious ceremony. You know, that, that was real. That was powerful. That was holy ground. At Sabbath, I can, I can honestly tell you, I, I worship like I hadn't worshiped since I was a little boy. I, I mean, I, I sense God. I sense God's presence. I sense that God was real. 
And I realized that this Jesus was my king. (laughs) And I realized that he had died on that cross for me. Friends, can I tell you, I no longer believe in just random events or chance encounters. <laughs> ah, no, God's at work. And he's at work leading us um, to that place and that time where each of us can meet him. That was my time and that was my place on that road to Golgotha on the day that Jesus died. Maybe this is your time. Maybe this is your place. Maybe you came here today, and as I have shared my story, you, you sense God speaking to you. Maybe you came here today, and, and, and you're a religious person, like I was, and you've been searching for a, a faith that is true. Then can I tell you, look to the cross, <laughs> like I did, and talk to, to God. Ask him your your questions. Ask him to to show the truth about who Jesus really is. And if you're here today and and you're like me, a follower of Jesus, then thank God that he led you to him. And when you come to that place in in your journey in life, you know, where you see something that looks like a, like a cross, something that's heavy, something that's difficult to carry, something that uh, challenges your faith, that tests your strength, then pick it up. Carry it. Because it will lead you to, to holy ground. <laughs> it will lead you nearer. To Jesus. Today's sermon was adapted from Brian Wilkerson's sermon, Encounter on Golgotha Road.